The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and the so-called New Mass. I notice uh, a change now, and I think it's a change that uh, is rather ominous, but not entirely unexpected. Um, and it goes back to the, the cler clergy crisis with the sexual depredation, <clears throat> you know? I mean, we were told 20 years ago when this first became a big media issue, um, that supposedly about 4% of the Novus Ordo priests in America were engaging in this. But about 80% of the bishops were covering up for it. And now we find out, in this latest way, ex expose, right, that there are hundreds of priests in various dioceses, right, every, every diocese, every uh, province and so on, has so many priests that have been announced, denounced, how many of them are actually guilty? We don't really know. Many of them have passed away. Many of these cases are actually, you know, 40, 50 years old. But of course, many of them are not. Okay. It's an ongoing problem in their seminaries and their bishops. And now those who were bishops then are cardinals now and they're, they're still covering up for all this, you know. And, um, that is, uh, that is an outrage. And a lot of people in this country are outraged. Now, notice um, this all broke months ago when this senior cardinal Theodore McCarrick was denounced for what he had been doing for forty years or more. And that started. That was like opening the floodgates, right? Um, the Pennsylvania grand jury report came out. And now we have, I think, 35 different states are investigating Catholic dioceses, modern Catholic dioceses, to, to look, you know, ransack their records and find out what information they have and been hiding all this time about these, these crimes. Well, uh, of course, early on, Archbishop Vigano's letter uh, really <coughs> brought to light um, this whole thing. So we see this, this unraveling or un, un, unfolding before us, right? We see the um, uh, exposés coming out about Cardinal Carrick. We see the Pennsylvania uh, grand jury report as kind of a first phase. A second phase we see as the reaction of the people being outraged that this is going on. Uh, that they're um, not only priests, but I mean, there are bishops and there are cardinals who are complicit in all of this, right? And a third phase would be when Archbishop Vigano wrote his letter and said that Francis is complicit in all of this, right? So we have all of that uh, going on. And Francis's reaction then, uh, saying, I will not say one word about this, okay, but my friends in the media, will just um, you know, deal with this problem for me, right? And uh, that third phase seemed to go on to then a fourth phase, and that is 
the rising question that this is precipitated among the Nova Soto Catholic people about Francis himself. Okay, he's overseeing this whole uh, immoral enterprise, this, this cancer in the church. And so this has raised a lot of questions now in the minds of the Nova Soto people. And I think now it's kind of coming full circle that the conservative Novus Ordo media is getting nervous about what they've stirred up. Because, I mean, they, they, they got the word of the uh, Pennsylvania grand jury report. They published it everywhere. The conservative media. Mm -hmm. um, they they uh, then documented the outrage of the people, you know, about what has been done by these men appointed by John Paul II and, and Benedict and Francis and being protected by them uh, to uh, just basically orchestrate or at least to enable all of this evil. And, uh, but then, you know, when the conservative Nova Soro media finds, gee, what have we done? Now, we, we, we publicized all this. We publicized Archbishop Vigano's letter. We publicized what Francis said. We've expressed our, our anger, our outrage, our concern about this. And now look, the reaction of the people. They're, they're, they're finding out the, the, the extent of this evil. They're, they're understanding the depth of this perversion and this corruption going on in the church at least here, you know, in their own diocese in America, at least they're now becoming aware of that. And there's a very strong reaction. And I actually think the conservative Nova Soro media is getting really nervous about what they've stirred up. It's like, uh oh, you know, this is getting out of control. We've got to throw a little bit of uh, water on this fire and calm things down, you know. So actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, in a matter of a few days, it's like they all got the signal, tone it down. You know, it's a tone it down. Let's let's focus on something else. You know, let's not keep that drumbeat going because, I mean, look what's happening. Now, now, uh, you know, people are talking about oh, this bifurcated papacy between Benedict and Francis. They're starting to question. Right. You know, this whole the power structure behind that. They're questioning the the resignation of Benedict. Was it invalid? Right? They're going, they're going off on tangents about that. Uh, they're, they're talking about Benevacantism instead of Sedevacantism, that it's actually uh, Benedict who, who should be Pope, even though he doesn't want to be and doesn't think he is, but we, you know, they want him to be again. But then, of course, there are those who are saying, well, you don't want him anyway, because look, I mean, he was responsible for a lot <laughs> right. of the evil that came in, and that's one of the reasons why he stepped out right. in the first place. So all of this suddenly is erupting now from these Novus Ordo uh, people. And I really think the, uh, the conservative press is getting nervous about uh, what they've done. And so the odd thing is, though, is this time. All this time, they've been talking about how terrible it is that these predator prelates are being protected and they've been hammering the message that these men have to go they have to go we cannot allow them right we have the donald worlds have to go right the tobins have to go some are saying the suvichs have to go we have to get rid of them they're they're poisoning the church 
And now, as soon as all of this talk is about Francis, okay, who is like the uh, the predator in chief insofar as he's over overseeing the whole process, right? And protecting those involved, right? And confirming them in, in, in their power there. Uh, you might even call them like predatory popes or people predators or pontifical predators or <laughs> who are the ones behind putting all of these people in place to do this terrible damage. Now the conservative press sees that People are saying, well, that's where it all leads. It all goes back there, doesn't it? So now they're actually taking the part that they were formerly denouncing and saying, well, the Tobins and the worlds and so on, they have to go because, you know, they're bad. They're, they're poisoning the church. But when it comes to Francis, oh, oh, no, you can't question that. Oh, no, no, got to keep him, you know, no matter what, you can't even question. So they're actually taking the worst part of all saying, well, these different cardinals and bishops should be gone, but don't question that the one who puts them there and holds them there, don't question his power to do it. Don't challenge that. And as soon as they see people begin to question it, they back off and they want to cover that over. And they become the worst aspect of the whole cover-up themselves. The conservative media who, who brought all this to light now, See where it leads. Naturally, the people started looking to the Vatican and see what's going on in there. And now, look who's doing, who, who's saying to themselves, well, gee, you know, we started a fire something. Let's, let's calm things down. And like Francis, let's shift the focus away and let's hope this kind of simmers down, okay, and not make a big deal out of it. Lest something actually happen here, okay? Um, so... You know, even, even the, these resolute resistors to Francis acknowledge that Benedict is little or better than him and acknowledge his role in the mess. And they also acknowledge that even Francis' re removal would just, you know, clear the way for one of his other uh, little Francis's to come in, like uh, uh, fulfilling our Lord's words that, you know, Many other devils worse than the first would come in and take over, you know. So they realize, they realize well, what have we done here? Uh, they, have to, they have to finally acknowledge. I think the only way out for them is to acknowledge the possibility that, that just the sea is vacant. They just can't seem to be willing to accept that. I mean, after all, Francis said that his intention is to make a mess of the church. And that's exactly what he's doing. It's exactly what he's done. Um, Francis says he loves the smell of the sheep. Well, I ask you, Tom, who loves the smell of the sheep? Is it the shepherd who loves the smell of the sheep? Who loves the smell of sheep? The wolves, yeah. They love the smell of sheep, right? That's what draws them. They love the smell of sheep. And there's no doubt that Francis is a wolf, right? He is a wolf. He's not a mercenary. He's an actual wolf. Okay. The, the proverbial wolf in sheep's clothing, right? And they all seem to recognize it. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. But they all want to see the rally around the wolf now because they're afraid of the alternative. 
But uh, so oddly enough, those who most condemn the retention of the predators and clamor for their ouster and blame those who protect them, that these are the very ones now, the conservative press, who rally to protect the power of the predator-in-chief here, the one who promotes them, the one who empowers them to do what they do, and then praises them for doing it. You know, This is the irony of it all. Mm-hmm. So, um, the reason I say this is because um, I want, I'd like the conservative press to realize the role they're playing in this is not noble. Sure. Um, and um, look, they, I think we all have to kind of realize uh, that Christ did not leave his church in, a, in an impassable situation, in an impossible situation, right? And if these um, who insist Francis must be the Pope, the whole Pope, and nothing but the Pope, and you have to accept it, and you can't question it, if, if, they, if they hold to that line, they, they are saying, because this is how they see things, and if you don't, then the church is over. If you don't agree with them, and we don't agree with them in that position, see? Uh, because we've seen the church go through impasses in the past, where... Christ has shown the way, right? And I think of the great Pope Martin V, who came to us from the Council of Constance. And again, this was an anomaly. This was the way that Christ showed showed for the church to go through. He, he created, as it were, the dry land in the Red Sea for the Catholic people to cross what seemed to be uncrossable at that point, right? So I think these... Uh, people who are insisting on the the pontificate of Francis are really selling the church out and leading her down a a, really into into a a closed canyon where the wolves can prey on the sheep. Whereas um, uh, I'm I'm sure our Lord is going to show us the way, Mm -hmm. but we can't continue to pretend that there is no question about Francis's papacy. We have to get over that and stop insisting that you cannot question it. Sure. It must be questioned. Um, it's the only honorable and sensible and Catholic thing to do right now. So uh, in any case, I just think it's a point that, uh, well, I think it's a point that needs to be made in any case. You know? Sure. Father, I think perhaps at the, at the root of, of all this is a very common problem that, uh, that we see every day you know how, how you mentioned they're they're making kind of this logical progression and then they see where it's going to lead and they get scared and they mm-hmm. stop and we get emails from viewers every single day who ask this exact same question everyone will, will phrase it a little different a little differently but at the end of the day it's the exact same question every time just i think the email we had from the viewer in ireland tonight yeah. they get to the point where they say okay you know everything you're saying this this is incredible uh, you're, you're saying the, the you know this Vatican II revolution happened and all of this, but but wait a second. Now you're saying that that would mean the last since this Vatican Council took place, the priests are not valid, their mass, their sacraments are not valid, our sins are not being forgiven. W- what does this mean? There's no traditional parishes near me. That this is and it's too much to handle. And, and they'll stop and they'll leave it at that. And it's so much easier to just say, well, okay, I'm just going to you know put the blindfold on and just keep going. We get viewers 
who email us every single day without yeah. fail who have some version of that exact same question saying, yeah. you know, all, all the churches in my area, they're modernists, they're, they're, they're complicit with Vatican II. What do I do? It's impossible. I live in an area with no traditional priest. What do I do? It's impossible. Yeah. And we get that question so much, it seems that's it at the root of what's going on here. You're saying with this, this, this Nova Sordo conservative media. So what is the answer to that? How would you answer that, that problem, that question that seems to recur so often? The same way the Catholic people have answered at every moment of the church's existence. Right? What's that? If they live in missionary circumstances, they, they simply can't say, well, I don't have a Catholic church to go to, so I guess I'll go to the synagogue. <laughs> I guess I'll go to the to the uh, to the minaret. You know, yeah. I guess I'll I'll go to uh, you know the uh, the Buddhist shrine and pray. I mean, it's not what the Catholic people did. It's better than nothing, though, right? No, oh. <laughs> it's not. Um, I mean, you you can be a, if you don't have the Catholic Mass and the Catholic Church to go to. It is not better. Uh, um, to become a Lutheran. Uh, it's better to remain Catholic and do what you can. I mean, our Catholic ancestors have been pushing and pushing forward to missionary circumstances, you know, for all of these centuries now. It wasn't long ago, our own people here in Cincinnati were living under missionary circumstances. The entire United States was considered missionary territory until uh, less than 100 years ago, I think. And the Catholic people simply held their faith and practiced it as well as they could under those missionary circumstances. Well, now we truly have missionary circumstances. And, um, you know, again, people have this idea, well, got to go to church, got to go to church. So we go to worship the bricks, right? We go to worship the bricks, we worship, we worship the windows, we worship the pews. What are they worshiping? You know? No, you go to worship God, okay? You go to worship our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. You're not going there to worship the building, okay? So stop saying, got to go to church. You've got to go to Mass. But that means the true Mass. That's the church has a very specific meaning, what that means, uh, to attend the, the Mass, okay? So um, it's, it's partly ignorance and also partly that people uh, just have these emotional attachments today. And what they're looking for is that the emotions be served Rather than basically, basically than God be served. As long as they feel emotionally okay with it, then uh, that serves their purpose. But uh, that may well not serve God's purpose. Uh, so, in any case, um, if they think like that, they're thinking like modernists. Basically, they're just thinking like modernists. Okay, as long as I can go to the church and have some kind of religious experience, I feel good about it. That's all that matters to me, whether it's the mass or not. Eh, right. Uh, as long as it feels good to me, um, then they are modernists, and um, we're asking them to, uh, you know, if, if they, um, the problem is you have people who are modernists at heart but they still believe in the traditional Catholic doctrines of faith. Right. And so there are people who have that conflict and we're asking them, follow the truth that you believe of the true faith. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, and make your heart conform to that. Sure. Not the other way around. And you know, Father, I, I can't help but think, just based on the sheer quantity of emails that we receive with this question, that if if everyone that thought this way, mm-hmm. if they all would uh, would would avoid that way of thinking and just actually form traditional groups, mm-hmm. then they wouldn't have this problem. They wouldn't have these mm-hmm. missionary territories. They wouldn't have the, these. We would have more vocations. We would have more priests. Well, how many people are in the situation you described saying, well, I have no traditional mass, traditional priests near me. How many traditional math, math, mass groups began that way? Exactly. One energetic exactly. individual who was determined not to compromise. Yep. I mean, here we are in the, in the middle of Advent, okay? We're remembering the person of St. John the Baptist. No reed shaken by the wind. And here's a man who did not know the meaning of the word compromise when it came to his mission, when it came to serving God and, and fulfilling his, his, his vocation as the precursor of Christ. I mean, he stood on the banks of the Jordan River. He told the truth exactly as it was. He told the truth to the people who were gathered there. He spoke to the emissaries from the Pharisees who came to challenge him. Who are you? He talked to the soldiers of Rome, right? And uh, he did not compromise, and that's the problem. I mean, people are just because of their feelings, they want to compromise with the family. They want to compromise the faith, and you can't, you cannot compromise the faith. Then the the the, the traditional Catholic chapels we have now really have formed around nuclei of those who would not compromise their allegiance and loyalty to our Lord and to the Catholic Church, that they would not uh, settle, as it were, just settle for whatever uh, the world or Satan would allow them to have, or what the Novus Ordo would allow them to have in the indult mass. But they insisted on having the faith, the whole faith, and nothing but the faith, and that is the traditional Catholic faith. These are the people who build the groundwork necessary for the traditional Catholic priest, a priest to come and to serve them. Exactly. That's the kind of person that God, that's, those are the prayers God hears. So um, there's no doubt in my mind that if we, if we simply face reality for what it is, and that includes the question of Francis and who he is and what he's up to and what he's trying to do to the faith, what he's trying to do to the church, what he's trying to do to the papacy, and what he's trying to do to our Lord himself, right? And uh, bringing the Vatican II revolution to this, this great conflagration of the, this funeral pyre for the traditional Catholic church and faith. If we hold the line on that, there's not up my mind that if God could part the waters of the Red Sea for the Hebrews to flee the 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 chariots of Pharaoh, God can certainly part the Tiber and uh, let the traditional Catholic people escape the uh, the Popemobile of Francis. Right? I mean, <laughs> come on, we just have to have that faith and that confidence. True. Well, Father, let's end with that. It's been a lengthy program already, but thank you for your time. Thanks well, for being well, here today. Um, thank you very it. much. Appreciate yep. it. I appreciate you putting up with my gravelly voice here. I'm, That's all right. I'm recovering. It seems that every time we have a show, I've got some other ailments to uh, <laughs> ask your prayers for. But uh, thanks. Thank everyone for their prayers. Yeah. And there are a lot of people out there who need prayers a lot more than I do, believe me. Well, because of their afflictions. So please keep them in your prayers. Sure. 
Thanks to all of our viewers for watching this episode of What Catholics Believe. Until next time, we ask that you all remember the words of Our Lady of Fatima to consecrate yourselves and your families to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and to pray and do penance. Thank you and God bless you.